0: Hello, welcome to the Smarticle Podcast. Each day on the show, we take an interesting idea or topic and dissect it. All we ask of you is that you give us 15 minutes so that we can entertain you. And maybe, just maybe, you might learn something new. Matt Brock is a genuinely amazing dude. He's a kind and thoughtful person, but he also happens to be wicked smart. And at the beginning of COVID, like many of us, he found himself at a professional crossroads. He'd been a counselor for about 10 years, but wanted to transition into something else. But like many of us, found that the world had basically shut down. So he decided to take a hobby and side hustle he had of buying and selling musical instruments and turn it into a full-time job. And that's why he created the YouTube site, Rusty the reseller. Rusty the reseller is an amazing site. It has over 30,000 followers. He has over 1,000 videos on the site, and he basically shows the things that he buys and sells online, and he uses the character Rusty to do that. So we thought it would be fun to talk with Matt today about how and why you create a YouTube channel and how he's turned that side hustle into an actual career. So today, Matt Brock, or as many people online know him as Rusty the reseller.
1: Matt Brock! Rusty, the reseller. All right, let's get this out of the way. Give us a little <laughs> freestyle Rusty, the reseller first, and then we'll come back and start the real quick. You got freestyle Rusty, the
2: reseller for us? Oh, sure. Okay. Yep. I'm going to jump in. All right. How to, how you do, cousins? This is Rusty. Uh, just over here, just trying to buy and sell, make a buck or two, uh, have a good time while I'm doing it, be kind to people, but also, you know, try to find those deals and uh, keep them rolling.
1: Outstanding. <laughs> That's outstanding. So
0: for the first time i ever saw matt do it i thought that was who he was like i didn't know you at the time i knew i knew you randomly it's his but alter I, ego brandon yes it's so good it's so good yeah. and then his other buddy on their peaches is another one of those uh, it's great that's right anyway all right so i,
1: I guess we got to try to set the scene a little bit so it's the pandemic you lose your job and you have this bright
2: idea that you're just going to start selling selling stuff is that the deal matt that's exactly right i you know, I was faced with uh, the challenge of of that time, like everyone was. And my, I have two small children, and so I found myself very quickly, like out of the job and home, watching them. But we're a dual earning income home, uh, like most of America, I think. And uh, how do I make money? You know, by I can't go out and look for a job. No one's hiring right now. Everyone's scared. I'm home with my kids. Um, I had been buying and selling on a very small scale things instruments primarily on eBay for a number of years, just for fun. Like I get something, I play guitar and some instruments, I would play it. I'd sell it in a couple months, make a 100 bucks. It was fun. I learned something. So I thought, well, I can do that from home. Uh, maybe I just try to buy and sell, like maybe maybe in the afternoon when my wife's home, I can run out to a thrift store and see if I can find something to flip. And uh, I just like heavily started watching YouTube videos of people who did that, just trying to learn because, you know, that was not my world um and so here we are you know three years later uh, I started doing that just part-time and it started out whatever I thought I could make a dollar on like just whatever I can revenue I can make and uh now I do it full-time I've I've kind of developed it into a full-time job and um it's still good you know the flexibility there's there's upsides but that's how it was born and then the YouTube side of it um was for years people had said hey you know you're intelligent enough that you can talk about things like you could probably figure out how to people do these YouTube things and make money. And I thought, well, it sounds good. Passive income sounds great. Right. And when that started, I thought, well, why not? I mean, I'm already doing this stuff from home. I'm already buying and selling. Maybe I'll just make a channel that kind of tracks what I'm doing. And if it makes money some days and supplements this wonderful. And if not, like it'll be a learning opportunity. And that's how, that's how that was born.
0: So, Talk a little bit about the idea when you started the shooting the videos. What was that like? So I'm going to back up a little bit. Rusty the Reseller is your. He, well, he gets mad at me because he wants me to land the play, but Rusty the Reseller, you gave us a little clip, It's just this sort of character you created on this channel. So if you go to your channel, Rusty the Reseller, on YouTube, mm-hmm. you see you have over a thousand videos, and they're all of you looking at things and pointing out what sells and what doesn't. So. Tell us a little bit about why you came up with the character and, and what, was that, what was that all about?
2: <laughs> right. Well, like I said, I wanted to do a video. I didn't want to have to generate an idea of something else. So it was really more for just, it was easier for me to just track what I was doing because I was already doing it. So I thought, well, it just adds a little extra work. I'm already going to be buying a thing, repairing it, examining it, learning about it and selling it. I might as well just video myself doing it and then maybe I can make some money. But the uh, the whole the whole <laughs> the, um, the the whole character piece was really uh, I so I live in like Western North Carolina in the Appalachian Mountains. And so the character was sort of a, the a stereotypical archetype of what resellers I was actually seeing and encountering in 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 the world when I was out. So they're not you know this ridiculous. Obviously, it's a caricature. Right. So they're not these strange, aloof um, people, but. The culture, there is a sort of this subculture that I've encountered, and this is obviously not everyone, but there are some themes. Um, and so I just try to pull out sort of like this over-the-top accent that's really not even accurate, but, you know, um, talking about what I, what I would go out and do. And uh, I, you know, this is most, most of the stuff I store at my own personal residence but it's lovingly referred to as the warehouse. So, you know, Rusty, Rusty's Bargain Warehouse is where all this is. I pretend like I have a large (laughs) staff. We're coming and going. It's me and Peaches is a buddy of mine I grew up with. He lives in another state and city too. And so, but we try to create this world. I mean, it's, it's, it's it's like a TV show to us. It's kind of the same idea. We've created characters. The characters have their own lives. They're doing their own things. It mirrors a lot of what I'm actually doing, but I'm in no way that person. So it's this weird world of make-believe things and characters, but the actual items I talk about, how much they sell for, what I pay for it, all those things, all of that is a hundred percent real and true. So I'm taking real stuff that I've just got this, it's it's real things that are happening in a character world, is about the best way I can describe it.
1: Matt, to me, your show is like a cross between Antiques Roadshow and American Pickers. It's kind of like in between. Sure. You go on the Antiques Roadshow, those people are like experts. I'm assuming yeah. you're not an expert. And I know you talk about this a lot on your YouTube channel, but how did you figure out what to buy and then to be able to sell it back to make money?
2: Yeah, that's great. That, I just put out a video and you didn't even know this, but I, no, I, I saw it. Yeah, you did. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, you know, I sort of have, I came up with a formula and it was really, again, this was all trial and error. Like I have an experience. I make a bad decision. Then I make a better one later. I try to learn from that. Just a lot of research, you have to research what it is and a lot of it has to do with my own financial situation. I didn't start out with a with a big business plan and spent and save money for two years to do this or got a big business loan. Um, I started with nothing. I started with whatever I had at my disposal, my own uh, finances and so my financial uh, possibilities are different than other people. So I kind of work within the world of that and since it's my full-time job, um, the money I bring in is not just like floating around. it's like I have a bill that I pay next week. So like I need to I need to sell this. And so I can come I can find opportunities that are great, but I don't have the money for it at that time. And I I pass on it or maybe I'm doing better and I do this. But the specific things I have for me, it's it's born out of sort of utility of the utility of what I'm doing, meaning do I have space for it? You know, how how big is it? How hard is it to transport? How much does it cost or how difficult is it to store? Is it cheap and easy to ship? Do I have the packaging for it already? Those kinds of things like the tangible um, things I have to go through in my process of selling it, and is it gonna is it gonna make me money? And if I can only sell it for half of what I think that I can sell it for, is that still worth it? And if so, then that's a good that's a good buy for me. Also, the amount of time is it gonna take me a year, or can I sell it in a week? I mean, ideally, I, I pay little for it. I can sell it for a lot. I can sell it within thirty days, and you know, it's easy to store and easy to ship. Like that's if it, if it marks all those boxes, then it's that's the, the optimal. Where do you sell all your stuff? Uh, 95% of it's on, on online platforms, primarily eBay. I did Etsy for a while. Um, I might go back to that. I mean, I think it's good if you're going to do what I do full time. I think it's good to have multiple outlets because, um, you know, you don't want to limit yourself. If something happens, it's outside of your control that affects a store you have, like on eBay. Um, eBay, you know, so some things that are indicative to those types of sales is that, If I sell something on eBay, I have a 30 day return window and uh, at the 30th day or 29th day, I could have sold a two or $3,000 instrument and then they want to return it to me. So all of a sudden, maybe I needed that money to pay for a bill two weeks ago, but that money's got to go back to them now. And I get that item back or somebody, you know, there's a dispute and they eBay holds my money. Well, now they've held $3,000. So I'm not going to get that money back until that's resolved a month or two from now. Meanwhile, I will get no more payouts until I've at least sold $3,000 worth of things again. I have to pay for the shipping of that in the meantime before I get any money. Meanwhile, I've got bills coming in. So it's good to have multiple avenues. I sell some stuff like at an antique store locally, some stuff like off of Facebook Marketplace or things like that also, or I meet people who... They just buy silver. They just buy gold locally. And if I come across a thing, there's somebody I can call. So I think a big part of why I've gotten better at what I've done and the deals get better is relationship building. Um, I'm not in there just to get a quick buck. I, I stick around and talk with the workers. Oh, here's the manager. Oh, mm-hmm. you're asking me what I'm doing. I This is what I do for a living. Oh, well, we have some of that in the back. Do you want to come see it? Well, absolutely. And then I end up buying everything in the room in the back, <laughs> you know, like from conversations like that. So I'm in my community. I want to be pouring into my community and I want to build relationships while I'm doing it. That's just a personal thing, but it has also helped my business.
1: That's awesome. Um, so I'm, you go to lockers, you go to estate sales, garage sales. You don't have to give us a secret, but like, have you, sure. is there some, is there something, a venue you like more than others to get stuff?
2: Yeah, that's a great question. Um, It changes over time because this business like everything is it's not static you know it's moving all the time so um estate sales i've done really well at i think of all places i've done the best over time it's probably been estate sales but like so all of the places i go estate sales yard sales antique stores you know i'll i'll source online i'll buy stuff on ebay and do something and sell it on ebay and make and and sell it Mm -hmm. for more money on ebay like on the same platform you can do that too and uh you can buy things online. I mean, there's various places online estate sale auctions. I mentioned that I have children. I have a family. And, uh, you know, anyone who works for themselves it's, will understand probably if you start a business, especially, that you have to set boundaries for yourself or else you just work all the time. And I could be like that, too. I mean, if I was single right now, I'd probably work every day, you know, just because that's who I am. But on the weekends, I try to, um, to put those boundaries in to stay with my family. So I don't do a whole lot of yard sales and things. Even though there's really good things to find, because that's usually like Fridays and Saturdays or Saturday and Sunday, and those days are for my family. Really,
0: it's such an interesting story of the COVID thing. I think a lot of people can relate with that. How has your wife been? Not, not, not like is she mad at you about it, but like, what's? <laughs> I assuming that there's a lot of support that has to happen from the family. What's that been like for you right. as you've grown this business? Obviously, it's different today than it was two years ago.
2: Right. Yeah. Oh, I mean, I, I wish she was here to answer this because I'd be actually interested to hear what she has to say about it <laughs> herself. But uh, she's been super supportive. And I think it was, you know, she's always supportive of the things that I do. I think that if I was if I was really bad at it, we'd be having more conversations. Um, <laughs> but I, I, I've been able to make enough to help with with what she makes as well to kind of keep our our life as we had it, you know, the best. But um, she's, you know, I think she helps me with setting those boundaries. She helps remind me because it's like anything. It's like it's on my phone. I'm on my phone a lot. So if something ding comes on or like, I'm like, hey, can you be with us right now? You know, oh, yeah, sorry. Mm -hmm. I do want to be with you. I'm just distracted by it's always kind of happening. There's things are being sold. You know, I'm selling things through the weekends as well, you know, all the time. And people are asking me questions about an item. So the, those boundaries are tough, but it's, it's been fine. I think that the the toughest thing for me personally has been that when you're doing this type of thing, and this is probably true of all retail sales, this is not unique to me or my situation, but you don't know how much you're going to sell in any given month. So I can have, I could have a month where I only sell $4,000 worth of stuff. Like that's gross sales. It's not what I take home. It's $4,000. I'm like, whew, I need, I need more than that. You know, the next month it might be 12. Mm-hmm. Great. It's a good month. But especially when you're starting out and you're you're trying to you're trying to budget for your expenses each month that's really hard because if you start off with a bad month or two or if you have a good month you've got this extra money and then a good deal comes along you have to decide do i put this aside for the months that are going to be bad Or do I jump on this opportunity and reinvest this money right now, knowing that next week something could be tough? You just don't know, you know? So coming up with that and that there's no right answer for how to do that. It's different for everybody. So I've had to kind of go back and forth. And even still, it's like a weekly decision. Is this the right buy or not? Given the fact that I can't predict the next couple of months and what's going to happen.
0: Where do you see the channels going, your career, all this stuff going in the next maybe five years?
2: Well, you know, I hate to this, you know, hate to say this, but like as long as the channel is making, earning me money, and it it makes sense to spend the time on it, I'll probably continue doing it. Where it will go, that's entirely up to whether or not YouTube is going to give me an audience or not. The, the The second channel I started is called What Sold, and the whole idea of it is, it's just about what we. So it's it's I'm not playing a character really, and I'm just saying, hey, look at this thing on eBay. I show you what it sold for. I tell you what I paid for it, and that's it. If you, you didn't, if you didn't know this has value, it does. Now you know. Um, we had been, I would made like 20 videos. We had, a, you know, about a thousand subscribers or whatever. All of a sudden, YouTube says, "Oh, I'm going to heavily promote this one video." It's nothing different about it; just a regular video. In a week, we had like 10,000 views. Now I've gone from earning, you know, I, it basically increased their projected earnings for the channel by like five times just because they, per- so like, you never know, I'll keep doing that. And uh, and I, I'm, ha- I'm still having fun with the buying and selling. So as long as there are still deals to be made, and people are still willing to buy stuff from me, um, or I mean, I can't predict the future. I wouldn't, I didn't know five years ago, I'd be doing anything like this. And here I am. So in five years, who knows, who knows where I'll be.
1: All right, Matt Brock, I came into this thinking that I liked Rusty the reseller more but after hearing your story, I like Matt Brock more than Rusty the Reseller. Well, that's kind of you. <laughs> so I want to leave you with this. I got a vintage 2003 ball that I got from a Giants game. Sweet. You, can I can I get anything from this ball that I? Got?
2: I don't. Is it signed by anybody?
1: No, no. It's just a. Was ball. Was it
2: in a professional game? Yeah. Okay, so it was pitched. A <laughs> yeah. Times. Yeah. Nice. Was it hit out yes. into the stadium? Yeah. It was a foul ball. I got it. Okay, nice. Who, do you do you remember who who was pitching or who hit it? No. Okay. If you had the ability to like certify yeah. uh, who it was or have some sort of like He's external validation shady. or verification of what it was, you'd be able to sell it for more. Yes. Um, just your word. It's very shady, though, uh, Matt. I don't know. It probably means more to you, you know. than well, a dollar? Be- get a dollar?
1: Two dollars? Oh sure. Oh yeah. Easily. Yes.
2: Yes. Rusty, yeah. Yeah. Rusty the reseller's
1: got my back, Brandon. <laughs> matt brock rusty the reseller once again i'm a bigger fan of matt brock thank you for hanging out of this smarticle podcast thanks
2: take care take care cousins you have a good one <laughs>